Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. I'm not going to miss the fear that many of you and I felt when this pandemic hit because we didn't know what it was. And I remember I said, oh, it's all over the place. You got to clean everything. What you do, you got to be careful. But I'll never forget, I had to go get my real ID because here's what happened. When that pandemic hit, did you feel like totally overwhelmed and anxious? I'm at the store. I'm at Walmart and I'm trying to get toilet paper, right? I mean, everybody's trying to get toilet paper. I'm at the self-checkout stand and I was so stressed out that I left my wallet on the thing and drove home. Where's my wallet? This was last March. I went back, not there. I checked my bank account. Someone tried to charge like $300 worth of stuff at Walmart on my card. So I had to get a new ID and I figured I'll get the new real ID. So I drove to the DMV and they had just started the six feet thing and we're all outside. This lady was so stressed out. She was working there and she would start yelling at us and she'd like, stay six feet apart. I don't want to die. That's the stress that people were under. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to miss that. I'm not going to miss wearing masks when we can take them off. I was going to preach in a mask, but I figured that would not work. But I think one of the saddest things about this past year was hearing about people who died alone. Broke my heart. You know, my grandmother's 101, and my mom couldn't go see her for almost a whole year. It's sad. I think about the disciples how they were locked down and afraid because Jesus caused a lot of problems with the religious establishment. And they were locked up in a house, afraid. As I was sleeping last night, I woke up and I was praying. How did they feel Saturday night or Sunday morning in the the middle of the night? Think about how you would feel if your best friend, someone whom you love more than anybody, who loved you more than anybody, had died. And not only that, You were in peril. They were out to get you. That's that fear, that loneliness that many of us felt. But you know what's so beautiful? As they say, Friday was there, but Sunday was a coming. And they didn't know. They heard him say that, I'm going to rise from the dead. But they're like, no, that can't happen. Don't worry, I'm going to rise from the dead. Wouldn't that just like go over your head? Well, it did. They went over their head. But... On Sunday morning, God sent the women to go see the empty tomb first. And Jesus was alive. He wasn't there. His body was not there. Now, how would you feel? You'd be confused. What happened? It's a new beginning. A new beginning. Because the devil tried to lock down the Son of God. And he couldn't do it. Because death has no power over him. And those who are in Christ, by faith, part of his body, the church, are in the same way as him, alive. You will die physically unless he takes us to take us up in the air before. But if not, we all will die physically, 
but we won't stay dead. We will rise because he rose. That's what we celebrate. God offers a new beginning. Don't you ever want to have a new beginning? Don't you ever want to start over? Start over. Don't think about who you were. Don't think about what was before. Think about what's going to happen from this day forward. If you come to faith in Jesus Christ and let him be in your life, you will come alive at that moment and you will not die spiritually. You will live forever. So let's talk about what the resurrection brings. First of all, the resurrection brings a new beginning. I can start over. I can start over. God's church seemed like it was going to be shut down forever. It's more alive than ever. Mary Magdalene, you know her? She was one of the women who went to the tomb on Easter morning. Do you know that Mary, that the Bible says about Mary, she had seven demons that were expelled out of her by Jesus Christ. Imagine the oppression she was feeling by those seven demonic spirits who had possessed her, and the only way out was for Jesus to speak them out of her life. That's the power of the Word of God. She got to start over. Look, it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you do. And here's the beautiful thing, though. Jesus did it for you. You just have to believe in him, the Bible says. That's what Jesus offers you and me. He sets us free from the prison of death and sin. So when Mary arrived at the tomb, the angel says these words to her. Why do you look for the living among the dead Jesus is not here. He is risen. And he says that to you. He says that to me. Why are you looking for what is alive among the dead? In other words, why are you looking in the rearview mirror? Because what's in front of you is what really matters. The person you were is that person. The person you are in Christ is a new person. So don't go back to the tombs. Move on. Don't go back to death. Move on to life. Next, resurrection brings a new perspective. I can be awake, not woke. Now, woke is a term, right, that's used for what? It's used for being aware of social and racial injustice, which we should be aware of those things. But here's the thing. People who are woke see the world as it is. They see it for what it is. People who are awake see the world as it will be. If Mary Magdalene was woke, she would have seen the tomb as an injustice, a dead end. People who are awake see the tomb as a means to an end. In order to experience a new beginning, your perspective has to change. And we can find an example in Luke chapter 24. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 24, where we are in this passage. We're going to find an example of what happened when people came awake when we're looking at these two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus. Jesus had risen already. So starting in verse 13, it says, And behold, two of the disciples were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, so the very day that Jesus rose, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing Jesus himself, approached and began walking with them. Here's verse 16, very important. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. 
Why is that? Because they were not awake. They were asleep. They were not awake spiritually. See, people who don't recognize Christ are not awake in Christ. And the only one who can wake you up is God. I pray if there's anyone in here who has not the eyes to see Jesus as alive and recognize him as alive, I pray that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes right now in the name of Jesus. See, they saw the world as it is. They saw Jesus as dead. They saw that all hope is lost. And by the way, there's some people who say, oh, well, this is a myth or this could never happen. Let me tell you something. There were more witnesses. It says that 500 people saw Jesus alive walking around. So why is it that we have a transcript, like a court transcript, of that event, but we don't think it's real? But yet, if you're in a court and one witness says, I saw the accident, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. Why do we believe that? But we don't believe this? It's because you're not awake. Become awake. And as they walk with Jesus, their hearts begin to be stirred as Jesus tells them about all the scriptures in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in him and his resurrection. And look what happens in verse 31. Read this with me. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him. Then their eyes were open. What did Jesus do? He spoke scripture. He said, this is what the Old Testament said. This is how I fulfilled it. God opened their eyes and they believed. They gained a new perspective. Their eyes that were blind began to see things as they're supposed to be. They went from woke, seeing things as they are, to awake. People who are woke don't have the hope to cope. Why? Because they see Jesus still in the tomb. They don't recognize the risen Christ. They're spiritually asleep. And they think that justice has not been served. But we who are spiritually awake see that justice was handed down at the cross. Because the Bible says this, that when Jesus died on the cross, he made a public spectacle of the devil and the demons. What does that mean? He shamed them. He triumphed over them, it says, by the cross. And to prove that Jesus' death was sufficient to take the power of death away from you and from me and from the enemy, God raised him from the dead. So this is why people who are awake have the hope to cope with any circumstance, including a pandemic, including social and racial injustice, because we know that a new beginning for anyone who will believe is just around the corner. It's just above the horizon. It's just a Sunday away. So don't be woke. Be awake and love and serve others from that perspective. And when you become awake and you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, the same spirit that raised Jesus will come into your life and will raise you. See, one day, unless Jesus takes me home before, I will die physically. But the same thing when they said about Jesus, if my body is in the grave, please put something that says, David is not here. 
If you're alive in Christ, you should put that on your gravestone. So when I grew up going to church every week as a kid, it was a Greek Malachi Byzantine Catholic church in North Hollywood, California. I think they named it so long that we never remember, but all I remember is going, I heard about Jesus. I didn't know him. I heard stuff about him. My main thing for going to church was to go to lunch afterwards and see all my friends. I was also very involved with music. I wrote my first song when I was eight for my fourth grade teacher, believe it or not. I had a very creative, I mean, I just felt for people all the time. And she went through a bad thing. And then the second song I wrote was I was 17 for one of my best friends who died. He was 17. He died playing football on the field. He had some kind of heart problem. And I wrote a song about him. That was my way of communicating. And then I got to tour all over the world with bands like the Beach Boys. I got to be on TV shows like Full House. I remember, though, I was just the most empty, depressed person in the universe. Because that's tough. It doesn't change your life. I mean, it's fun. You know, it's like, oh, I get to be playing on these big stages. I just wanted to, like, check out. I was not fulfilled because I was asleep. I was not spiritually awake. And I remember one day, I was riding my bike. I lived in Huntington Beach. I was riding my bike to the beach. And I was 29 years old. And I said, Lord, if you're real, you got to show me. That's just what I said. About a week later, my phone rings. And a guy on the other line goes, hi, is Bob there? I said, I'm sorry, I have the wrong number. And before he hung up, he says, hey, man, Jesus loves you. And I was like, what? There's no way Jesus loves me. I'm like the worst person in the universe right now. The shame, the guilt, like Mary Magdalene. I had demons. The next day, I was in a mall, and there was a guy sitting on a bench. And I walked right by him. He looks up to me and goes, hey, man. Jesus loves you. And the next week, I was in a parking lot full of cars, and there was a pink VW bug, and it had a fluorescent paint written all over it, Jesus loves you. Three times, just like Peter, I remember praying, God, if you're real, you got to show me. And I might be dumb, but I'm not that dumb, because Jesus showed me. And at that moment, I believed and my life changed. Like, I felt like a weight of the world was lifted off my shoulder. Now, many times since then, I've tried to take that back. But I know this. I'm not alone. No matter what's going on through a pandemic or through a sickness or through financial crisis or whatever it is, God is with me. Jesus is with me. I'm not alone. I'm not hopeless. Sometimes I get down, but I'm not hopeless because I know where I'm going and I know what Jesus did for me. I'm alive in Christ. I still sin. You know, God does a really good job. He like works on the inside. And by the way, you know, he knocks on the door of your heart. You let him in. He comes in and he starts doing a little house cleaning. And then it gets really uncomfortable. You're like, Jesus, please stay out of that room. And that's the room he needs to come in the most. He wants to help you. 
He wants to heal you. He doesn't want you to be like Mary Magdalene. He wants to be free, alive, and vibrant, and have a purpose in life. That's what God does. God is a miracle worker. He's the one that changes lives. Has Jesus changed your life? Listen, if it would have never happened if he stayed dead. He came to life. And third, the resurrection brings a new purpose. I can make a difference. My entire life objective was to do this. I wanted to change the world and make it better. Through my music, through my life. Problem was, I was trying to do it in my own power and I didn't have God in my life. Do you think you can change the world in your own power? No, but God wants to use you to change the world. Think about it. God has given you each talents and abilities and skills. And what does he want you to do? He wants you to use them so that people can know Christ. The power of God by the Holy Spirit is what changes your life and through you changes other people's lives. That's why the resurrection is so important. A new beginning. If Jesus did not rise, he would not ascend. Therefore, he would not send his spirit. See, the church is the kingdom of God. Why? Because we have his power. We have his spirit. What is your purpose? I'm going to tell you today. I'm not going to tell you the specific way you're going to do this, but let me tell you what your purpose is, okay? It's found in Matthew 28. And it happened after Jesus rose. What happened? Read it with me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's your purpose. Make disciples. What is a disciple? It's a student. Of whom? Jesus. It's a follower of Jesus. Now here's the thing. You can't make someone into something you're not. You can't make disciples if you're not a disciple yourself. Therefore, you cannot, and listen to me, you cannot accomplish your purpose for your life. Well, maybe you'd accomplish your purpose for your life, but not his purpose for your life. And if you want to make a difference, accomplish his purpose for your life. And he'll use you. He'll use your personality and your talents. Our church, I think I'm so blessed. We have incredible people who want to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And they have different personalities, different gifts. But when we come together, we make a difference. That's why it's so important to get plugged into a church. That's how you fulfill your purpose. So COVID, you know, came, but it's going to go, right? This world is going to pass away. But what doesn't pass away? God's word and God, right? So if you want to make a difference, you got to be different. You can't be the person you were in the tomb. You got to come out and be alive in Christ. In order to come alive, what must you do first before you come alive? Die, right? What does that mean? Well, it means that you have to die to yourself. Think about a tree. In order for a tree to grow, it has to start in the ground as a seed. In order for you to be the person God made you to be, you have to start figuratively in the ground, buried with Christ. 
dying to yourself, your dreams, your desires, your talent, your abilities. I had to do that to be fulfilled. And then what did God do? He gave it 10 times, 20 times, 100 times. There's nothing I would rather do than what I'm doing right now. But I had to surrender to Christ. You know, some people go, oh, if I surrender to Christ, he's going to send me you know, like to India or to Africa. Maybe, but maybe he's going to send you down the street. Maybe he's going to use you in your workplace. Maybe he's going to use you to make a difference, a light in the darkness. But you have to be buried, dying Christ, to be raised with Christ. And then a new person comes out of the tomb. And you experience a new beginning. This person will be awake. This person will be alive. This person will have their eyes open and you will see the risen Christ and you will recognize him and you will not see a dead end. You'll see a way to the end through Jesus Christ that you will never die. Don't miss your opportunity today to start anew, to rise with Jesus and receive a new beginning. So let's bow our heads in prayer. I said earlier that the Holy Spirit, God, the Spirit of Christ, is the one who knocks on your door. All you have to do is say yes. So is Jesus, the risen Jesus, by His Spirit, knocking on the door of your heart? Do you feel like when those disciples were walking with Jesus, is your heart being stirred and you're like, wow, I'm starting to recognize who Jesus is. I'm starting to realize who I am. And I want to be alive in Christ. If you want to be alive in Christ, with your head bowed, raise your hand. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing that. Because the Bible says that you say Jesus is Lord only by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is knocking on your door. And all you have to do is say in your heart, and you have to mean it. You can't just be words, but you say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I invite you in and please make me in the person you want me to be. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity today to preach the gospel and the good news. And I pray, Lord, that each person would find it important in their life to get plugged into a local church so that they can grow and that seed can grow and make them the person and the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com.